Hey, good morning, everybody. You know, uh, today is the last day of our series uh, called Intended for Good. And we've been talking about hardships, we've been talking about difficulties that happen in our lives. And hopefully for the past couple weeks, everybody sitting here and everybody online, if you're sitting at home or, or somewhere in your car or your office or whatever, we can all identify the hardships that have come into our lives. We can all pinpoint the things that we can say to ourselves, man, have affected us physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally. We, we know those things. And we go through those things. And that's why we talked about Joseph for the last three weeks because, you know, and I think it's no mistake that in the book of Genesis, this story of Joseph takes up the most space of any story in the book of Genesis because life is difficult. And God wanted us to say to ourselves, there's a way to go through difficulties. There's a way that God wants us to take these difficulties and use them to propel us to something he is doing in your life that is bigger or better. And that's the truth. Oz Mandino was a, um, is, a, is an author. He said this once. He said, I will love the light for it shows me the way. Yet I will endure the darkness for it shows me the stars. That's perspective. And I want you to grab hold of three things today. These are three action items, three simple things today as we close up this series. Two weeks ago, a lot of information. Last week, a lot of information, a lot of challenge. But I want to take this and close this series up in three simple ways that I believe that if we live out these three ways, these three things that I'm about to explain, that we will take the hardships that come into our lives and the hardships maybe that you're thinking right now you're experiencing to propel you, to allow God to propel you to a better place for bigger things. I honestly believe that, that that was the perspective that Joseph had because, man, he didn't let his hardships send him or drive him to despair. He used the hardships to drive him to God. Lord, I pray for everybody here that you will allow us to walk away with these three things and live them out. In Jesus' name, amen. Number one, trust God. Trust God. I know it's so simple as to be overlooked, but, but man, that's a, that's a life of faith. That's how we live. That's how we believe. That's what we do. And it's like, man, when you're talking about trusting God, we know that God knows everything. We don't know tomorrow. We don't know the next minute. We don't know the, the different things that are going to come our way. We just don't. We know who does. And when I said last week that God is, if he's all good and he is all wise, then he is able to be trusted, you know. And here's what happened. As you remember, um, Joseph finally revealed himself to his brothers. And here's more of that. I'm going to go to verse 4. Please come closer, he said to them. So they came closer. And he said again, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into slavery in Egypt. But don't be upset. And don't be angry with yourselves for selling me to this place. It was God who sent me here ahead of you to preserve your lives. This famine that has ravaged the land for two years will last five more years, and there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. 
God has sent me ahead of you to keep you and your families alive and to preserve many survivors. So it was God who sent me here, not you. And he is the one who made me an advisor to Pharaoh, the manager of his entire palace and the governor of all Egypt. I mean, even in the midst of all that Joseph went through, even in the midst of that two years in prison, I'm not saying that was easy. And I'm not saying that, that he went through that and had no complaining, no nothing. He was in a good place all the time. I don't think so. But I believe he had God in his proper place the whole time. For him to be able to come back and say, and look in hindsight and say, man, God made all this happen and all these bad things that went on in my life and it went like a roller coaster, good and bad and good and bad. It's like, wait a minute. I noticed something to this because I know this God that I serve is all good and he's all wise and I know there's something to this and so I'm going to trust him through all these things. That was Joseph's perspective. Now hurry back to my father and tell him, this is what your son Joseph says. God has made me master over all the land of Egypt. So come down to me immediately. You can live in the region of Goshen where you can, bear, you can be near me with all your children and grandchildren, your flocks and herds and everything you own. I will take care of you there, for there are still five years of famine ahead of us. Otherwise you, your household, and all your animals will starve. Then Joseph added, look, you can see for yourselves, and so can my brother Benjamin, that I really am Joseph. Go tell my father of my honored position here in Egypt. Describe for him everything you have seen, and then, and then bring my father here quickly. Weeping with joy, he embraced Benjamin, and Benjamin did the same. Then Joseph kissed each of his brothers and wept over them, and after that they began talking freely with him. Everything was pointed back to God. And here's what I find very interesting. When you look into the Psalms about what it means to trust God, it also has something else associated with it, which I, I so appreciate, Dan, you sharing your story, because this is what Psalm 105 says. Give thanks to the Lord and proclaim his greatness. Let the whole world know what he has done. Sing to him, yes, sing his praises. Tell everyone about his wonderful deeds. Because when we trust God and we see God as who he is and he sends us into that moment of breakthrough, man, that's a story to tell. That test became a testimony. He's done it. And so the first thing, I know it's easier to say than to do sometimes. I get it. I understand it when, when you go through hard times. But we must trust him because we look at the character of God. He's all good. He's all wise. So we can trust him. Trust God. Number two, praise God. That one also is so simple as to be overlooked. But when we praise God, do you realize what happens inside of us? that we have to assume if we're going to praise God for something, we have a heart of gratitude. That means we're thankful about something. Listen, that's a life-changing discipline. If you can discipline yourself to be thankful and to have a life and a heart of gratitude, man, that's going to change you. And then you push it all back to God. Praise God, praise God. Here's what it said. After burying Jacob, Joseph returned to Egypt with his brothers and all who had accompanied him to his father's burial. But now that their father was dead, Joseph's brother became, brothers became fearful. Now Joseph will show his anger and pay us back for all the wrong we did to him, they said. So they sent this message to Joseph. Before your father died, he instructed us to say to you, 
Please forgive your brothers for the great wrong they did to you, for their sin in treating you so cruelly. So we, the servants of the God of your father, beg you to forgive our sin. I I don't know if his father said that or not, (laughs) but that's what they wrote. When Joseph received the message, he broke down and wept. Then his brothers came and threw themselves down before Joseph. Look, we are your slaves, they said. But Joseph replied, Don't be afraid of me. Am I God that I can punish you? You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. No, don't be afraid. I will continue to take care of you and your children. So he reassured them by speaking kindly to them. And I can only imagine that, you know, all of Joseph's brothers probably felt the same way as is written in Psalm 98, okay, where it says, Shout to the Lord, all the earth. Break out in praise and sing for joy. Sing your praise to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and melodious song, with trumpets and the sound of the ram's horn. Make joyful symphony before the Lord, the King. He was saying, listen, when it is time to praise the Lord, praise him with everything you have. His brothers were like, you know, we could have been thrown in jail. We could have been executed. We could have been cut off from our brother. Our our families could have died in the famine. All of this could have happened and probably should have. But grace was shown. Mercy was there. And they're like, wow, wait a minute. We've been shown grace and mercy. He's pointing it all back to God and what God has done. So praise God. And we have a heart of gratitude. And when we have a heart of thanksgiving, we can praise him. And when we trust God for everything that happens in our lives, and we truly do, and we can get ourselves to the place of gratitude and thank God and praise God for everything, that's why we do these praise services three or four times a year where it's just a lot of praise, a testimony, some some of the word. I mean, it's healing. It's motivating. Number three, expect God. And this is not something new, because I say to everybody, and I've said to you many, many times, that we should live in expectation. We should live in expectation that God is here, that God is moving, that God is working even when it seems like he is not. Let's hear what it says in the last part of Genesis 50. Soon I will die, Joseph told his brothers. But God will surely come to help you and lead you out of this land of Egypt. He will bring you back to the land he solemnly promised to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Here's what I find interesting about that passage. He's saying to everybody, okay, um, God is going to come to you. God is going to come to you. And in one sense, that is true. God is going to come in a really special way. But we all know in a general way that God is always with us. We know because we read scripture and we look at God and who he is and he's everywhere, he is with you. Generally speaking, generally God is with you. But sometimes we don't need a general God, we need a specific God. Because sometimes your situation has gotten so impossible and so confusing that you don't need a general presence of God. You need a specific presence of God in your situation. And so here's what the promise was here. God is going to come to you. God is going to make good on the promise that he made to the rest of the Israelites. He's going to come to you 
in a specific way and take you in that specific place and put you in a specific other place because that's the specific presence of God. And we love that we have the general presence of God, but aren't we blessed even more that we can know that God specifically comes to you in your moment of need, aware of everything that you need, aware of what you've gone through, aware of what you fear. And I told you, man, this is going to be like a simple close to this whole series, almost so simple that we might mistake it as, as, as insignificant. But think about a life, a group of people, a, an individual or whatever that says to themselves, I'm going to trust God, I'm going to praise God, I'm going to expect God. I'm going to trust God even though I don't know what's going on and I don't like it. I'm going to praise God because I'm going to develop this heart of gratitude because there's so many things I can be thankful for. And I'm going to expect God because God says to, he's going to, he's going to meet me in my situation. So I'm going to expect him to work. I'm going to live in expectation that God is working and he's going to continue to work. And so when your situation looks so confusing, here's what you do. Here's what you do. You trust God, you praise God, and you expect God. When your situation looks so impossible that you're not exactly sure what you're going to do next because it is an impossible situation. You know you can't get out of it. You don't know how this is going to work out. Here's what you do. You trust God, you praise God, and you expect God. Because as I said before, man, when things are bad, God is up to something good. And when things are good, God is up to something better. And he's preparing you for the bigger and better. Lord God, thank you so much for your grace and mercy, for meeting us in our specific place of need, for comforting us where we need it most, for leading us and guiding us where we can't see, for strengthening us where we're too weak. You're a way maker. Lord, you know how to turn things around. Lord, you meet us in our, in our places of, of greatest need. And so, Lord, I pray specifically for everybody sitting in here, everybody watching online. I pray for anybody who has something that is so impossible, so confusing, whether big, giant, life-changing things or small things that are just nagging at us and, and we just don't know what to do. Lord, I pray you give them your presence because it says you're going to come to them. You're going to come to them and their specific needs. God, thank you for your mercy, for your grace, for your love. In the name of Jesus, amen.